Well, as I said before, welcome to everybody that's joined tonight. Thank you for taking the time out to be with us tonight. And uh, we're going to try and probably work through to somewhere around about quarter past eight tonight and um, and just have some time together to really ask questions um, to Dr. Ray. And so I've got a number of questions that I've got here. And then depending on how we go for time, we might be able to um, put it out for some, any questions that people want to ask um, as well. But um, I know I know with Dr. Ray, when you ask him a question, it's, it's an opportunity for us to go a multitude of ways uh, with the answer to that question. And so I'm sure you're going to get more than you bargained for on each and every one of those questions as well. And I was on a, uh, I was on a great uh, Google Meet or Zoom with, with uh, Raya a couple of weeks ago, and I know that Lottie was giving him a hard time about putting subtitles on as he was speaking as well to combat uh, his Irish accent. But I won't do that tonight myself. But Dr. Ray, thank you for taking the time to be here tonight and, and really to speak to our church and the heart and soul of our church and just really encourage us during this time. And as we all know, it's been a challenging time for everybody through this season and um, in a lot of ways, highs and lows emotionally and um, a sense of isolation. And I know that um, different people have coped with lockdown uh, in different ways, some good, some bad, some in between, but I think we've all been affected in some way. And so... We just want to talk about a few different topics tonight, but I wanted to open tonight with just talking about emotional health. And I, I wanted to open with this question um, here, Ray, about what are some warning signs a person can identify in themselves when they're, they're starting to get emotionally depleted? Hmm. Well, uh, uh, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Ben, for having me and uh, for being able to speak to you all. I only wish I was down there. I don't like the connection being so far apart. I mean, we're, pri we're, really, uh, we're really privileged to have uh, at least some kind of electronic connection because in some of the early plagues way back, they had no connections of any kind, so at least we can see each other and talk. That's, that's something we can be thankful for. Uh, but but I, because I'm a very skin contact kind of person and I get a lot of energy from people, uh, they, they, uh, the, the distance doesn't work for me that well. But I can get wound up, mind you, and that can happen. So I, I, I got to be careful with uh, not bringing the Magna Carta to the table. And, and so uh, what we, uh, we want to look at, though, is, is some of these. And I'll try and keep them uh, so that it gives you a chance to interact and to ask a question because they're, they're, the society at the moment are full of questions. And, and there are plenty of them. So in a moment, I'm, so I'll just take you some of the notes that I, I did. And thank you so much, Felicity, for staying connected with me and, uh, and uh, making sure that we uh, got everything sorted out in, on the thing. But uh, the, the warning signs and the one thing that you had put down, Mr. Ben, the one of the things is, uh, what do we know about being emotionally depleted? One of the things that depletes more than anything else is, uh, uh, is to the, we get depleted to the we know we're getting depleted to the uh, to the extent that the world concerns us that's very very important uh, because uh, what we have got going and as we go through these which are very good questions and as we go through this we're going to see what happens to us and some of you may have seen my posting a little two or three weeks ago on Facebook, kind of addressing some of the stuff that's creating some of the issues and problems uh, by just turning it around and looking at something higher. 
but to the but, but to the degree that we allow the world to concern us to the point of worry or fear will be to the first point of getting emotionally depleted we do not have the emotional ability to handle it they they the, the greater problem is and and we're not here kicking politicians because i wouldn't want their job for nothing but but the problem is uh, they they are telling us uh, you know about the, the mental health problems which i'm very very aware of and what's going on and from my scale of things and listening and moving into things the rate of suicide is horrible and and uh, people just trying to stop people particularly uh, people in education trying to stop students from committing suicide and we've got those stories and so we're not we're not built for it well but the problem is they tell us all the time about the mental health problems and they threw money at it but money doesn't fix mental health and and uh, and it doesn't fix mental health secondly the very thing that they're saying is a problem is the thing that half of them are actually creating themselves and so therefore what we need to be very careful about and the one thing that i mentioned very very clearly when i was just putting that thing on facebook is the problem is as i was listening to and the stories and the counteracting stories and the and you know the conspiracies and all the stuff that goes on all of those sort of things that in the end what i was seeing is that we're actually we are actually starting to talk and act and relate more like citizens than we are like foreigners and pilgrims and strangers that is that is crucial so the number one thing that i put down is we start knowing something's going wrong in the way that we are emotionally connected by the amount of the, the by the amount of things that starts happening in the concerns of the world around us does that make sense to you everybody's everybody's gone mute they just want me to talk <laughs> the, the, the second thing the second thing that I want to do that gives you some an, a, a fair indication that something is going wrong is the indication to the extent to which you start using coping mechanisms uh, the, the, there's a, the, the generally you, we see our lives and what's happened is is right now in COVID, the scaffolding of the church life is being dismantled. So there's not the scaffolding now to support the building to make it look as good as it was before. And while I had, uh, uh, while I had uh, plenty of scaffolding up, and that is the activities that I did, the performance that I had, the activities that went on, the gathering together that I had, we were doing pretty good. And then suddenly the scaffolding has been taken down. Are you with me still? You can just nod or do whatever if people are hearing. I don't know. But the fact is that, that, that the scaffolding is taken down and now we have a problem. So what am I doing in general counseling most of the time? And I'm flat out because nothing has changed for me apart from the, that I'm busier at home uh, and not traveling. But, that, but the problem is I'm dealing with all kinds of coping mechanisms. One of the things that's quite incredible, and it's not that incredible to me, but it's incredible for them that they feel, is because th there's more there's more alcohol drinking, there's more porno being done, there's there's more uh, other uh, types of activities that's being taken up that are non-productive, 
and and uh, we don't need to be spelling them all out because we all know uh, where the flesh will go. And so to, to the extent that we begin to find ourselves uh, working with, you know, unhealthy coping mechanisms, to that degree, we recognize something's going wrong. And, and uh, some of that will be explained a little in some of the other questions. And then... And then one of the other things which I'm hearing a lot, and this is a very interesting thing. Now, I did 25 years pastoring, and you know the, the, the church I had and so on. And it wasn't that big, but we had about 250 plus visitors and so on. So I have an idea about pastoring. Now, here's one of the things that's a, that becomes a concern for me. And then I hear this quite a bit when they're coming or talking to me or sharing with me. And when they share with me, there's no judgment, there's no condemnation. It just it just is, and I'm glad they can talk and share because we all we all have an Achilles heel. We all have things that we can easily get caught up in and get involved in. But one of the things that I hear are statements being made by by preachers, uh, which surprises me from 25 years of pastoring or any other ministry that I've been doing since then, flat out in seminars. And that is that on Monday, they tell me that they are completely wiped on a Monday. That's a problem. I was more exhilarated on a Monday than I was on the Sunday. Because what is the reason why that we are? Well, Monday, I'm, you know, Monday, I'm wiped. I just got to sleep till dinner time. I just got to do all of these things. Now, we are all different temperaments, and we all understand about temperament. And so we understand that some people need more sleep than others, and some people can do with less sleep. That's true. But what we're talking about is this being wiped. Now, where, the, where an issue or a problem is, is joined up to the first two. And the reason it's joined to the first two is because what we might have failed to do, and I am not suggesting that all these people do it, and Ray has never, ever done this, but here's a huge thing for ministry. Just so that you're clear about this point. Anointing and adrenaline feel exactly the same. Both of them affect the nucleus accumbens in the brain, which provides dopamine that gives me that lift and that kick that I need. And now I can move on to adrenaline and be able to move on adrenaline. Now, that's why you know whether or not that, whether or not, now, please make the exclusion of temperament differences, but that's a lot how you can know that emotionally we're not doing so good that it could well be that when you're preaching and you're, and you're energetic and you're really motivated or you're doing whatever it is in that ministry thing is making that, making that clear distinction Am I working from anointing? If you work from the anointing of the Holy Spirit, next day you're still fresh. Now, we, are, we can get weary. We've got to go with the Father and we'll get weary just like Jesus did in doing all of that. We're talking about emotional health. And if you stay with adrenaline, very soon you will have adrenaline fatigue and very soon you'll go down that road. So and not because they feel exactly the same, it can be a deception in ministry. And so it's very, very important that we understand that. And usually the greatest indicator is Monday morning. 
if I am completely wiped and dried up and glad Sunday's over, then I was doing adrenaline. It felt incredible on the night. It felt incredible on Sunday. It felt wonderful on Sunday. It was exciting on Sunday. I was on top on Sunday. I was jumping around on Sunday. I was really doing it on Sunday. And suddenly, Monday is so different. I wish I could go back and stay on Sunday. Because, but, but if, uh, that, if, if that is what, uh, we, we do it in adrenaline. If it's anointing, we're just so relaxed and so enjoying being able to minister. So those three things, and there's more, there's more, but we, we were reminded by, uh, by Ben at the beginning that Ray could expand too much. And so therefore, those three things are three major things that's very important because the world creeping in to try to affect our lives. Okay, I better stop there. Does that help? Right, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. We're loving this. Um, obviously, you, you work with pastors and leaders uh, across the nation, around the world, and um, different leaders leading different size organizations and different different levels of leadership. Um, but I, I guess I wanted to ask a question in terms of thinking healthier because we, we, we find that even the greatest leaders can find themselves in some pretty um, bad positions at times, and we're all not immune to getting ourselves depleted. So what's some methods to keep your mind healthy um, at this time? You know, obviously we're, we're stressed. There's a, there's a stress that's coming in on all of us at the moment, um, as well as just normal life stresses. But what's some things that we can put in place to help us have a healthy mind? Yeah. They, 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 what I'd like to do is I'd probably like to go to the next question because I'm going to address some of the things there right. <clears throat> about, yep. about that. That's true. But... but uh, and there are some things that it would be good for us to do. And yes, there is a lot of stresses. Um, but it's a far cry. It's a far cry from the rest that's promised by Jesus. And and so we, we want to go to a place of rest. So I would like to maybe defer that part to go down a little bit and go to the next uh, situation, perhaps on the division one, and then I want to bring in some of the things that I have there. Would that be okay? Yeah, that's perfect. That sounds great. Um, well, next question is, is is about division, like you said, Ray, and there's a lot of division in the world at the moment, and um, we're living in a time where we are so divided on so many things. So what are some ways we can bring unity at a time like this? Yeah, they... Uh, you know, it almost seems like the prayer of Jesus is a complete failure. Jesus said, Father, that they may be one even as we are one. So Jesus' prayer doesn't sound that effective. And and if his prayer is not that effective, how well are we going to affect people by prayer? It seems like that. But because we're looking at it from a very different direction and we're looking at it from, from very, very different, is, the, is where oneness is. The biggest thing about oneness, oneness does not mean agreement. Now, it, we, our problem is we think it's like people uh, will say to me or they'll accuse me or whatever, you know, okay, I, I accept anything and everything. Well, my name is not Jesus and it's not God. And so therefore, I am no judge against any individual person. But one of the things that's very, very important in the principles of where things are at. First of all, acceptance does not mean agreement. Acceptance does not mean because I accept you, I agree with your theology, I agree with your doctrine, 
I agree with your opinion. I agree with your lifestyle. I agree with your behavior. It doesn't mean that at all. But I think there's a real miss on why we bring division and not understanding the power of acceptance. Because what acceptance, what acceptance means is, is, is exactly what Jesus did. He drew a circle and he brought me in. No matter what was wrong with me, what condition I'm in, how I was, he drew a circle around me and he brought me in. He accepted me, not because I would change to be accepted, but because I was accepted. And so the important thing is, my, my understanding and what I see about acceptance Acceptance does not mean I agree with you, but what it does mean that even though I do not agree with you, I will never ever act towards you in a punitive manner. I have no desire to hurt you, no desire, no desire to injure you, and no desire to try to get on a platform against you with misinformation, some knowledgeable head that I've got that I think I know more than anybody else knows. And, and, and here within this is the great problem. Now, we need to, first of all, are we going to accept each other? Second thing, second thing to stop the division would be one, because the prayer of Jesus is not, but I want to explain that a little bit later. Of course, we know his prayer is not ineffective. But the other thing that I wanted to do, and I think, uh, Ben, when we were on the other night and, and with Pastor Lottie, one of the things that's very, very important is, see, for me, and you've heard me say this, if you've been at one of my seminars or something, you'll have heard me because I say this over and over and over again because I want people to grab it, and that is that theology and doctrine can only ever be understood in the context of relationship. Uh, if, 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 if We have fought. Pentecostals particularly keep falling out with every other denomination because they had felt so, or they seem to come across as being superior. And so therefore they created more problems and more things. I go into all kinds of denominations and, and amazingly I find God there. That was a surprise. Now, the, 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 the truth is if I don't care what somebody believes and I don't care what the theology is, if they don't meet me at the level of relationship, I'm really not interested in hearing what they have to say. That is the most important thing. The second thing that's creating so much, so much of these problems, and I have been really exercised in this, and, and I've not got a grasp on it. I have looked at all kinds of reference and different versions of the Bible and everything. But 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter, and we know 1 Corinthians 13 is God's kind of love, and we do not manufacture it, nor can we have it, nor do we display it very well. But it's the verse four, it's verse one and, and chapter fourteen that gets me, and I know there's more in it than I can see yet, but I keep exploring it. In chapter fourteen, he says, "Go after love, run after love, as though your life depended on it." Because it does. Our life, our relationships, our connections, our community, our sharing, everything, our life together, the life flow of the Christian believer depends on love. And once I have love, 
most of division that you see of any kind of division, and more so over this stupid COVID vaccination thing, the fact is that most of the division is based on different piece, person's knowledge. And it won't matter what kind of information you get, somebody will always provide substantiating or evidence to prove what they're saying. So they always will. And you can get that anything and anywhere. So the argument that takes away me away from love is because of this really clever mind that I have to understand all about COVID and understand all about vaccination. And I am so smart that I can actually educate these politicians and everybody else when I actually don't have a clue. And I listen to some of the division and none of them have actually a clue because all they bring is supporting evidence from somebody they read that supported what they felt. And so it really has no basis to it at all. And so that whole thing has been created some division. However, it should never be so, and it's ridiculous to be so. So first of all, I want them to be running after love. And then what, what love does, of course, uh, love removes uh, when we run after love. There is no place for fear because love drives out all fear. So there's no fear. Most of the division is caused by fear. Either fear of having it or fear of not having it or fear of what might be in it or all the rubbish and nonsense. The thing is that what we have is we run after love because our life does depend on it. The life flow of the church of Jesus depends on the love. Me loving them regardless of what they do or who they are. But here's a greater problem in this for me. It, it's proof to me, and I take this back to the garden, and I go into the garden. And when I go into the garden, God comes to Adam, and he says to Adam, where are you, as though God didn't know. But God wanted to flush him out. Some of these people needed flushing out. Now, God flushed him out, and God said to him, where are you? Oh, he says, he comes out from behind some bush somewhere. And he says, oh, he says, I was naked and I hid myself. And God just looked at him and he said, okay, well, where did you get your information from? Because you didn't get it from me. And here is the greatest problem is still the greatest problem in our world today, in the Christian church today, is that wretched tree in the garden. Because people who come with all this information and all this knowledge, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care how smart they are and how brainy they are, as far as I am concerned, they're eating from a tree of knowledge. Because wherever they get it from, and however they much, and I see some of them, people who have, who have never been to Harvard School, and suddenly they have brains you couldn't believe, like a university lecture. They, ha they know everything. Now, the point is, where do we get our information from? Our greatest problem is taking information from the news. We don't even know what they're telling us. And we take information from materials and research and from everywhere else. All of that comes from the tree. Now, some people can say, Ray, you're burying your head. Well, let me bury my head. Because, because if I am taking my information from the tree of life, it is only going to ever produce life. And whatever doesn't produce life is anti-Christian. If it doesn't, if it creates division and it creates people getting angry, and usually most anti-people are usually aggressive and mad, and I have to calm them down before I can get any sense out of them. The thing is, 
what we want to be looking at is saying, look, 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 I, I love you. And here's the thing. Love, Jesus is not talking about being the division, uh, the prayer of Jesus. It's not about amalgamation. It's not about we unify each other. Because every church, I go into different churches, and they all got subcultures. Every church has got subcultures, including Pentecostals. And we got our own little culture, and we run by our own little culture. It works for us. Amen. It's not a heavenly pattern. It's just the way we men and women get the thing going. However, one of the things I'm saying is we need more and more to be getting our information from where God is saying and run after love, get lost in love, because I value you no matter what. I value you more than anything else. And for me, one thing, if I must say one more thing, because, boy, we are moving, and if we're finishing a quarter past, we're going to be in trouble. The thing is that what I'm saying is I, for me, vaccination or not vaccinations it's it's a it's a no-brainer to me i don't understand the, the whole go about it because my body already is a pincushion i mean i've been injected for most of my life i i i've i've uh, one time i got uh, i went to get an injection to go away to three or four different countries i was going to and the guy said you gotta have six different injections i said really yes you do well i, I i'd have been analyzing for a year to find out what was in six of those and 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 so anyhow he said to me, he said, you get three and then you're going to go back to the city to get three more. I said, oh, rubbish. I said, I'm not coming back to the city to get three more. I said, get two arms, you can put three in each arm. He said, really? I said, yep, I'll have three in each arm. That'll do me. And I got three in each arm and he was quite happy with it. And so was I. And that was it. The thing is, I know that maybe some things may not be the best of me, all that, all that. But that's secondary. The most important thing is the greater includes the lesser. I'm going to poor people. I'm going to countries in war. I was in some of the worst places that I didn't know if I was coming home. I went to all those kind of places. The message that I was taking to these people, I went in the middle of the war in the Belgium Congo. And, and, and those people, those chiefs were all gathered at the thing. And they were crying with me. The chiefs were crying with me. Give us some answers. Tell us what to do. And here I am pouring my heart out. Before I could get to these chiefs, I had to have all these vaccinations. And, and so what did I do? I said, oh, no, I don't like them. But you see, my message is greater than anything that's stick in my body. So I'm going to go for my message. The greater is always, the greater always includes the lesser. But it's never going to stop me walking down. And if somebody, when I walk down the street now, do I do we have that here? Oh yes, we do. And the moment somebody wants to open their mouth about a vaccination to me, I'll tell you this: they will be turned around so fast to the greater and so far away from vaccines. I am not an expert. Don't ask me. I don't have an opinion. Why would I have an opinion? I know nothing about it. And you can only know if you have an opinion is because you think you know something when you actually don't know it at all. And so I just turn it all around and say, hey, listen, how are you today? Are you rejoicing in Jesus? Aren't you glad in a world of chaos that everybody in division and we can live together? And here's a prayer of Jesus. Jesus said, Father, it's got to be the same order as it was up there. If they're going to be one, he said, even as you, even as I and you are one, Father, let them be one. Well, here's the deal. Jesus is one with his Father. I am one with Jesus Christ. Therefore, I'm one with the one who's one with the only one. 
And because that I'm one with the one who's one with the only one, then I'm one with you. Because you've got Jesus, you've got you've got the one that's one with the Father, I've got the one that's one with the Father, therefore, if I'm one with the one who's one with the only one, and you're one with the one who's one with the only one, then I'm at one with you. And there's no division in it at all. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. I'm one with the one with the one with the one. <laughs> Amen. And that makes him and me one. So why would I fall out with you? And why would I have division with you? I'm one with you, but I'm not one with you the way you think. I'm not one with you in your dreams. I'm not one with you and your information. I'm one with you because I'm one with the only one who's one with the only one. I'm one with you. Amen. So good. I love that. So, Ray, so how do we stay focused on truth in the midst of all of these distractions and lies and things that can take our attention at times? Um in, in a myriad of ways, how do we stay focused on truth? Yeah. Well, because, like a guy, a guy the other day, he's really high up in the, has been high up in the medical world, and and uh, 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 was it his very last uh, medical exams and so on. Well, the guy, of course, one of the tricks about that guy coming to see me is immediately I realize how smart he is, how intelligent he is, and how bright he is. But then when I know that he's coming to see me, well, there's a problem. And so therefore, uh, he's coming to see me, that my medical knowledge is limited to neuroscience or something like that, but I don't have all that medical knowledge, except that the guy is in all sorts of strife. And then he says to me, you know, I'm really going to have to get to God. I'm going to have to fast. I'm just going to go in and fast. I'm really going to go to fast. I said, I said, listen, if you go off and you get into fasting and you go fasting and praying, knock it off or you don't come back and see me. I said, because you're in a job right now that you need all the energy you can get, and you need food every day. Don't go fasting, unless it's written in the sky. Is God telling you to fast? No, because he started telling me and said, oh, I'm going to go fasting. I have to get through this because, oh, he said, he's always listening to all these conspiracy things. Anyhow, he's turning around. I said, no, no, you don't. I said, no, you don't. I said, you're not absolutely not fasting. I said, but there's one fast you are going to get. And the fast is you stop listening to the news, turn your TV off, stop listening to the TV, and fast from the TV. Fast from the newspaper. Fast from people the moment they open their mouth on, a, on vaccine or no vaccine or any other scary thing. Shut, the, shut it down. Close it down. I said, I have no problem closing it down at all. I can do it very, very simply and still go on loving. Because uh, Why? Because I'm running after love. And so therefore, I say, okay, I'm not going to do that. The thing is, we need we, more than ever, with the scaffolding taken down, we need to spend way far more time with Jesus. We need to be, you see, here's the thing, I, I was making a note, I was making a note down, down here, you know, that, that one of the greatest problems with us, with the speakers, is there's, there's one more letter to write, one more phone call to make, one more message to hear, one more conference to attend, one more thing to do. We have got so used to doing it. But here's the point. Ministry is not about people. It is never about people. But we've made it about people so then people control our lives. Ministry is totally about God. 
and we go to God. He's building his church. And I know, I know what affects me, and you know it gets to you. I, in my natural man, I listen to these people, and I wonder, when I listen to them, I wonder how can such intelligent people be so ridiculously stupid? And then I think, well, if I was up there, I'd be doing the same thing and looking as stupid as them. The thing is, I'm telling you now, we and the, I'm including myself with you, what we have done is we have allowed ministry to put up all the scaffolding, <clears throat> go to one more meeting, talk to one more person, see another person, read another book, find another thing. I, I've been in some seminars and they tell you the importance of reading another book. You've got to get well read. You have to be, um, and, and one guy was talk preachers was preaching, God bless him, whoever he was, but uh, his name slipped in mind anyway, I wouldn't be telling you. But the point is, is, if you don't read at least one good book a year, then you're not good in the ministry. And I think, yes, well, I do want to read one good book a year, usually the Bible, I do, you're right. Not one good book. The thing is, we read a book in preference to, I really believe the scaffolding that we have built around our lives, and you know what they may be, around our church, and you know what it may be. I believe the dismantling in COVID has been uh, uh, bringing an awareness to people that were actually bankrupt in a whole lot of areas. And that we are actually finding when we're grasping for something, we don't have it to hang on to. The scaffolding's gone. Let, let's get the scaffolding up. I believe now that it's forcing you and me to come more and more aside and be like Adam and just hang out with God. Because the problem is, in our prayer life, we have a problem, so we want a solution. We have a question, so we want an answer. And when we go to God, it's really, we have that many things we need in ministry, and we have that much prayer. And it's like one time when I was in my own office, and I'm praying, and you know, I'm doing the Pentecostal thump and shout. And the thing is, I was really going to town, and as clear as anything, God spoke to me, and he said, you talk too much. And I was telling these people that I work with down in Mississippi, that's got a great big, that's got a great big campsite. They're beautiful people, and and I, I was talking to them, and I was telling them because God had just talked to me before I'd got there, you know, for the trip. And the lady was mocking me, and she looks at me, oh, oh, Ray, Ray, God would never tell you you talk too much. No, that wouldn't be God telling you talk too much, because she knows I talk too much. The thing is, the the, the thing that's important is. God spoke to me, you're, you're talking too much. You know, the greatest thing that Adam had, Adam had hung out with God in fellowship because he didn't have any prayer requests. He didn't have to ask for anything. He didn't have any problems to solve. He was just completely and totally innocent. But I'm far smarter than Adam. I now have questions. I didn't have those, but now I have. You know that I believe this, the closer that we live to God, the less questions we have. Do you know, I'm, I'm taking this on board for me too. 
because I'm telling you, I'm, I'm looking at what God is saying to me, and I am seeing that, that there's a place now that, that I had been so busy. I have been doing so many things. I talk to so many people. I'm working with solving people's issues and problems. And, and I'm telling you, I know the temptation that there is that we do not do well with humans to shut our mouths and be quiet and listen to God. And we jump in for 20 minutes or half an hour. Uh, oh, great, that'll start us off the day. We've done the right thing. Amen. We call it my conscience is solved and I'm on my way. Well, the, 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 the truth is, I believe, that's a bet, I really believe that God is really calling us away from so much activity, so much of the world's chaos to just come in. One of the things I'm telling you I have found with clients that I've done, and I've really found this, and I've taken it in from a neuroscientific point of view with non-Christians particularly where you do it into a spiritual application and they just drop straight into this. But I'll tell you this. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. What's the next one? He restores my soul. Our soul, mind, will, and emotions are bombarded and bombarded and bombarded by every piece of media, by every Facebook uh, posting, by every person we come in contact with. Every day my mind is bombarded. My soul is bombarded. My soul's in danger because it's being bombarded by so many people. And I am witnessing and seeing how much that is. And I've been leading people down this road. And, I, and, and see, here's the thing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And, you know, the prosperity teachers would think that's all about money, which, of course, is not. But the thing, but then the next thing is he, he makes me to lie down. He leaves me beside the waters, and he restores my soul. That is God's therapy room. And I have taken people into the therapy room to have a therapeutic encounter with God because our soul desperately needs to be restored. It has been beaten up and beaten up and beaten up and a, and a soul that's beaten up like that can't be healthy and it can't do well. And, and you know what? So I get them. I, I walk it through. We won't do it on here because this is not a therapy session. But what we're talking about right now, the Lord is my shepherd. What does that really look like? What does it mean? I shall not want. Oh, my goodness. You know, here I am shouting at all my requests and all my requests and all my requests. And then I've just quoted, I shall not want. And then, and then the next thing, he makes me to lie down. That place of absolute rest, the place where I hide under the wings of his healing power, the place where I can come and rest in the presence of the Lord. And then he leads me beside the still waters, the quietness, the peace, the serenity in a world that's running out of control. And now, as I meditate on those, and I have had people get back to me and report back to me that they have taken this on board and taken that into their session and they have been doing it over and over. Because you know what the problem is that we have? The problem is we know so much up here. But whatever it is up here has got to descend into the heart. It needs to descend into the heart. And it doesn't descend into the heart in a little quick, thank you, Lord, amen, praise God, it's good to meet with you, but I got things to do. 
Uh, it's going to descend down into the heart slowly and surely, and I get them to spend time meditating on the Lord as my shepherd. What does it mean? What is the Holy Spirit saying? And allow yourself to enter in to the whole thing. And some of them go to me, they've been captivated. It's been life-changing because we need a therapeutic room to sit before God to get our soul restored. That's so good. I, I love the message you bring, Ray. It's always so releasing. And we live in this world of do, 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 do. If I do more, then I'm going to have more value and, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be more loved by God. We can tell ourselves those lies. And uh, I, I love the truth what you're saying there. I remember you, I remember you saying that to me in, in a session before um, in, in regards to just spending time with God. Just, just take some time, Ben, and listen. <laughs> Stop moving your mouth. And I think that's such a uh, important lesson for all of us. And so probably coming to probably our last question tonight, what's some ways we can come through this season stronger and healthier and come through this time where we can actually take the lessons out of this? I think you've alluded to some of them as well, but to come through this so that we can be stronger on the other side of this time. I, I think that some of the things that we have just said if you pull them all together, uh, uh, what we have talked about so far, if you can pull them all together, because the number one thing, the number one thing that I'm going to put out to you, the number one thing that's important is we need to, and one of the things I'd recommend that if you did do, that would be absolutely incredible, and you may do it or may not do it, but you know what? I think that every morning to just have that place with God and have communion by yourself or with your wife and just have that communion... I, I find out that, that I really have to go and I get before, because you know why? There's not a lot taught these days on the blood of Jesus, and there's not a lot taught on the cross of Christ. And so when I come to that communion table, I come to, to Jesus and I want you to remember. And you know what? It's so easy to it's so easy. Jesus told us that because and he left us with emblems because it's so easy to forget. And so I go back and let him demonstrate the power of the cross. Demonstrate what that looks like for me. Demonstrate, we talk about identity, it was one of the things that on here. The identity, uh, you know, we, we talk about nature and nurture. By nature we were born in sin, and by nurture the world has formed us into the way we become. But now that we have a brand new life in Christ and a new identity, now nature and nurture is exactly the same at a very, very different level. By nature, I am now a child of God. And by nurture, I am feeding on the cross. By nature, I am feeding on the risen Christ. By nature, I am feeding on the blood and the body of the Lord Jesus. By nature, I am feeding into his life. By nature, I am feeding into his word. They know in your science that the two ways... The two ways to, to relayer that wrong old thinking and the implicit memories of the amygdala, they, they know now, uh, it, it's like Napoleon said, if I'm going to conquer, I must first replace. I need, I'm not going to conquer by conquering, by casting it out and stopping it and doing anything. I just replace it. I bring in more stuff. And the neuroscience, amazingly, as simple as anything, and yet very scriptural, and that is, and that is, Focus attention and repetition. You, you can develop that yourself, but take the two things spiritually that lines up with that, and that is for all the lies we listen to, all the lies the enemy brings to us, all the lies that we go tell ourselves, keep bringing in truth, keep bringing in truth, keep bringing in bringing truth, and just remember, 
Truth and grace are married. You can't find them separate. They don't come separate. People blame us uh, for, you know, oh, you all after grace. No, you're legalistic because you're all true. No, no, no. You, you, that, that's ridiculous, stupid talk. The Bible says that the, the, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So wherever you have Mr. Truth coming, Mrs. Grace will be there. And so as you bring in Mr. Truth and invite Mr. Truth in, then the healing that you need, the strength that you need, the power that you need, Mrs. Grace is there to heal all the wounds. The truth removes the lies, and Mrs. Grace pours in the oil and the wine. And right there, with grace and truth, which is focused attention and repetition, I keep bringing it, and let it descend. You cannot let it descend without meditation and time. And you let it descend from the head down into the heart. And as you do, your strength, they that wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. There's no other great formula. There's a formula about letting God do it. And you enter in, you enter into to that life. You enter into that life of where he is, where I'm bringing in truth. Let's just move in truth. The word's full of lies. Let's move in truth. What does God say? But what does God say? And instead of me being like that preacher, and I'm not condemning him or judging him, it's what he's at, where he's at. But I think we've got to stop reading so many people's books making us all full of information and a big head full of knowledge and then we try to make it happen and it won't happen for us because it never was for us in the first place it was only for the guy that wrote it the thing is what we need to do is take the one book and soak in it and soak in it and soak in it i'm not decrying reading a book of course i'm not but i got a whole lot of books in my library i mean after i moved into grace i packed up all my old uh, rule books and legalistic books and uh, them for, and I just took them off to Lifehouse Care Shop and then I thought that wasn't a good idea because now I'm getting somebody else to read the things. The thing is, I, I, I don't think we need though, and, and I, if I pull a book out now and then, it might only be for one chapter that I want to look at or one thing I want to look at, but more and more we have to go to the source of power, the source of strength, and I'm not trying to spiritualize this thing. We have just got caught up in so many other things, and then we're only weak on somebody else's revelation instead of strong in our own revelation. That is brilliant, Ray. Oh, I love that. I love that word and such an encouragement. And I think I think one of the messages that um, you've really reminded us of is just the fact that we live under grace. And yes. uh, I think we can get so caught up in... Um, so many other things, chasing other information, being focused on other things that we can forget the intimacy with God that actually gives us that strength and uh, and helps us to be able to minister out of that place as well. And so I, I said one more question, but can I just say um, one more thing just before I get you to pray for us at the end? You know, you, you often talk about having a healthy identity, and I think we can try and get that identity from a lot of other things. But just in, in regards to having a healthy identity in Christ, just in conclusion, What's some what's some things that we can learn f from that? Yeah, I, well, of course, it's a subject all by itself, and I will be fast. But one of the things that's most important is a recognition, and that's what I'm saying. As we bring truth and grace in, we are we are being nurtured in our new identity. It, it, it just the same as our old identity came from being nurtured by the world. Our new identity becomes nurtured by the things of God. Yes. That, that's very, very important. And as we do, the most important thing is the devil wants to do one thing, and that is he wants to rob us of our position in Christ. But as we keep nurtured into our new identity by listening to what he's telling us, that we keep reminding ourselves, 
not because we live in a body that's weak and a body that can fail and a body that can get things wrong and a body that stuffs it up and all sorts of, we do, we live in that sort of body. Absolutely, and the Lord knows that. But here's what the most important thing is. The devil wants to point to behavior, but God never points to behavior. He points to who he's called us to be. And he's called us to be the children of the most high God. This is about sonship and, and a daughter's and sons in the kingdom of God, and realizing that my identity is not made up by <clears throat> anything I do, what gifting or preaching or careers or anything I do, that's not my identity. My identity is what's been nurtured by what God says about me, and God tells me that I am loved, and God tells me that I am secure, and God tells me that I am significant, and God tells me that I am accepted, and God tells me that I am his son, and I say amen and amen and amen, and then I let it sink down in from there, than into here, because only with the heart man believes, not the head. And we can teach everybody else, just like I can do, teach everybody else and sit there bankrupt yourself. The important thing is ensuring, ensuring that we try to let that go down. I'm a son of God. And may I say, <clears throat> Pastor Ben, including in that then, I want to impress this. If you get, if you can get hold of a simple principle that's such a big argument in the world, in nature nurture, and you get that spiritually, it's absolutely powerful. Because by nature, and I'm going to quote it again, it, as non-Christians until we came to Christ, and that's what we have worn afterwards in the old identity, but we were, we were born in sin, therefore we were corrupted in our identity. And then the world kept nurturing us by all the things it did to us, said to us, abused us, or whatever else. Now we are sons and daughters of the living God. We are now children of the living God. We now have a brand new identity. But now it needs to be keep nurtured. It keeps nurtured by the word of God, by what God says about us, until it goes down. I think that probably one of our greatest problems is we know and maybe you knew everything I was saying tonight. But let me say this. It has to drop from here to here. It's got to go 18 inches to be of any benefit. So it's good renewing the mind, not to be conformed to the world. Absolutely. But nurture what you are now in nature. And if you nurture what you are now in nature, then you will be living as sons and daughters of God, and your identity will be powerfully strong in him. Otherwise, the devil will lie to you about your behavior and stop you enjoying who you are in Christ. Brilliant. I love that. Well, Dr. Ray, that's been amazing tonight. There's so many gold gems to take away, and uh, we've recorded this session so people can play it back and be able to re-listen to it again and really get it into your spirit and uh, really help transform your transform your mind and help you to live from a place of security in Christ. And so Dr. Ray, would you mind praying for us as we are about to conclude? Absolutely. But may I ask one request from you? Absolutely. When my mind, start again, when my name ever crosses your mind, and I hope that it does, but when my name crosses your mind, would you make sure you pray for me? <laughs> absolutely yes that's important we need to stand with each other so yeah. you pray for me and I need that Father what a delight to have this time together with people who are hungry who have a desire for you a desire to work and walk in your will 
Thank you for Pastor Ben and the other ministry team here that you have called and gifted and chosen to proclaim your name and the great news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that the words that we have shared together will be words that burns into all of our hearts. And so, Father, that you would just allow us to come in a way from those things <coughs> that can so easily distract us and to be able to focus on the one thing that really matters, that you will be our life because you said you are our life. And so, Father, may we just nurture that life and may we be able to hear your voice clearly as we spend time in your presence in a world of chaos, in a world that's out of control, in a world of selfishness and lies. Oh, Father, today, I pray, Lord God, for this group and this church, and I thank you for them and for the blessing they are. And I just pray, oh dear God, that your Holy Spirit will continue to work mightily in each individual life, making yourself real more and more and more, and that we would walk in the true identity of who we are in Christ and what we know theoretically and theologically and scripturally, but that we know in the depth of our heart in our believing box. And so, Father, tonight I pray for the leaders and the anointing of God upon their lives and draw them, Father, in before you, to you, refresh them and strengthen them and encourage them and inspire them and help them to stay focused that its ministry is not about people, it's about God, and then the people will really be the people who enjoy that God. And so, Father, I commit them to you and I thank you for them sharing with me tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Lord, we just pray for Ray and Kath, and we thank you for their incredible ministry. And, and we thank you for that scripture that reminds us that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Yes, God. And I just pray for your blessing and your favor to be upon them in this season and for all that's ahead in their ministry. And we just thank you for your hand upon them in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for joining us tonight. Thanks so much, Dr. Ray, for being with us. And we can't wait to have you here in person again very soon when uh, things open up again and we can have you uh, here in person to be with us. And uh, you've been such a blessing to our church, and we really appreciate uh, the relationship. So thank you so much for your time tonight. Okay. And just save the hugs for me when I come. <laughs> we are, we're ready for it. We're ready. Amen. Hey, the arms are open wide. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Ben and the rest of uh, and Tim and the rest of the ministry team. Felicity, those are news that organised this. All the rest of you, thank you so much for tuning in with me tonight, and uh, uh, it's been beautiful to share a Tuesday night with you. Brilliant. Well, thanks again, everyone. Thanks all for joining us. Be blessed. Have a good night, and we'll we love you too, Felicity. <laughs> See ya. Bye-bye. Bye.